Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. The International Olympic Committee said it was pleased to have a 30-minute video call with Chinese tennis player Peng Shui yesterday, and she reportedly told the IOC she was safe and well. But that still hasn't sat well with WTA CEO Steve Simon, who said he still hasn't been able to establish contact with the tennis Olympian for more than a week. And he has taken a very strong stand, the strongest in sports, about not holding any tennis events in China if the government does not grant her permission to meet and speak freely. This is an issue very far-reaching with far-reaching ramifications, so keep an eye on this story all week. And this is your Morning Buzzcast for Monday, November 22nd. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcourt. It's Monday. It's a short Thanksgiving week. For many, it's their favorite week of the year. I know we will be going dark on Thursday, Friday for a couple of days with family and friends over Thanksgiving. I hope all of you are looking forward to a great holiday. Here's some stories in sports business you should be keeping an eye on today. First, one of the most influential sports organizations is about to get more powerful and more relevant. Fenway Sports Group hopes to finalize the financial details of its purchase of the Pittsburgh Penguins by today. So look for more news about this major deal all week. The board of Fenway Sports Group unanimously approved the purchase of the franchise on Friday. While no details of the terms have been announced, most reports have the deal worth as much as $700 to $900 million which I find stunning for the NHL team. Fenway Sports Group Chair Tom Werner told the media late last week that he and his fellow owners believe in hockey. Fenway Sports Group believes in the sport of hockey. They apparently like the fast pace of the game. Remember, the group's interest in the Penguins comes as Fenway Sports Group got a $750 million cash injection from Redbird Capital Partners in March, and that allowed Fenway Sports Group to be active in the acquisition market. Tom Werner even hinted they're not done and further acquisitions do not necessarily mean they have to be professional franchises. So remember, Fenway Sports Group now has the Red Sox and Fenway Park, Liverpool and Anfield, Roush Fenway Racing, and now the Pittsburgh Penguins. There's a lot of development around the Pittsburgh Penguins as well in terms of a mixed-use project that's been on the books for some time. So they have some very big plans for that team in that market. Meanwhile, Penguins co-owner Ron Burkle, who along with Mario Lemieux purchased the team out of bankruptcy in 1999, plans to keep a minority stake in the team. Lemieux, who has been around the Penguins for more than 30 years as a player and an owner, is expected to retain minority ownership role in the team and will continue to be involved in the hockey side of the Penguins. Finally, Tom Werner will speak with me at our Deal Makers and Sports Conference on December 1st in New York. You won't want to miss that, so sign up on our website. That'll be Tom Werner's, one of his first media appearances maybe since this acquisition, so very, very timely. We'll stay with the sport of hockey. Congratulations to Scott Malkin 
John Ledecky, and everyone at Oakview Group as the Islanders formally open UBS Arena on Saturday night, ending a very long journey for a new arena. Now, the Calgary Flames did beat the Islanders 5-2, to two, but a full house of 17,500 fans, that didn't stop their enjoyment or buzz around the building. It's a $1.1 billion UBS arena. It has everything. The building is getting very good reviews. It's intimate. It's loud. It has a lot of the touch points of the Nassau Coliseum. And Oakview Group's Tim Laiwicki said it has more restrooms than most sports venues. Now, remember, this building is right next to Belmont Park Racetrack. It's about seven miles west from the old Nassau Coliseum. And it will be part of a major development project for Oakview Group because this is a massive plot of land there at Belmont. And for the Oakview Group, this is the second building opening in about a month. Remember, they opened Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle in October, and now UBS Arena in Belmont in November. That, my friends, is quite the accomplishment. So congratulations on the opening of UBS Arena on Saturday night. Let's stay with facilities because the Oakland A's have put in an offer on a plot of land in the Las Vegas market where they could potentially build a $1 billion ballpark. Now, the team did not specify where the land is located, but this move is by far the most significant move for the team as it continues to visit Vegas and consider Vegas as an alternative for relocation from Oakland. Now, the team's leaders plan to return to Las Vegas in December and return to the market every two or three weeks thereafter. The team said the final site could be publicly announced at the beginning of 2022, and the team said that things are progressing more quickly than they had expected. Now, this all comes as the city of Oakland on Friday said it had made significant progress toward raising funds to help pay for infrastructure surrounding the A's proposed waterfront section or waterfront ballpark in that city. So what do we have here? We have Parallel Pass. We have the A's putting an offer on a plot of land in Las Vegas. Meanwhile, Oakland City officials still trying hard to get the funding needed to move forward on the A's plans for a ballpark and the waterfront in Oakland. So the A's will see which proposal gets more progress down the road. But right now, they feel like they are sitting pretty with options in Las Vegas, but also still hopeful potentially that the city of Oakland can step up and meet their needs. Let's stay with baseball because the biggest news from Friday's introduction of new Mets general manager Billy Epler is that he openly said, that team owner Steve Cohen is ready to spend more money on a winner. Remember, Epler was the choice of Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson, who would look for a long time for a new leader of their baseball operations department. And Epler must turn around a team coming off consecutive losing seasons and a lot of off-the-field issues. Steve Cohen also made it clear that money will not hold the team back when it comes to signing free agents or making trades. That is exactly what Mets fans and the union want to hear. I can't imagine Cohen's brethren, other Major League Baseball owners, love to hear of this free spending, but Steve Cohen will again be the owner to watch during the offseason. Let's shift to some news on women's sports. We know the trying year and the difficult year it has been for the National Women's Soccer League. Well, the NWSL concluded its season successfully in Louisville as 10,000 fans filled Lynn 
Family Stadium for the NWSL Championship game on Saturday between the Washington Spear and the Chicago Red Stars. Remember, this game was originally scheduled to be played in Portland. They were going to host this title game, but the league decided to switch to Louisville because players wanted a noon start time for the championship game. They didn't like the early start time that would have been mandated if they played in Portland. So the game was relocated to Louisville. The Washington Spirit defeated the Chicago Red Stars 2-1. It was a great match, and it capped off a very difficult year for the Washington Spirit. We know the adversity that team has faced. The team is currently for sale. Controlling owner Steve Baldwin is planning to sell his stake in the organization, but he doesn't seem to want to sell the team to co-owner Y. Michelle Kang, and she seems to have the support of the players and the fans. Meanwhile, NWSL interim CEO Marla Messing said that she hopes a sale of the Spirit will be completed by the end of the year, and that is a deal certainly to keep your eye on. Meanwhile, all eyes are on Marla Messing to see if she can get this league moving in the right direction again, beyond the current investigations facing the league, and instead make the focus on new ownership groups and a new relationship with the players. Remember, they have a collective bargaining agreement negotiation. They also have new teams Angel City FC, San Diego FC starting next year. There's still a lot of potential and a lot of growth and a lot of interest in this league. So let's see the offseason for the NWSL. Shifting to the LPGA, they released its 2022 schedule and a very strong schedule. 34 tournaments and record prize money that is approaching $90 million. Of the 34 tournaments, nine announced purse increases, three of them by a million dollars or more. That's all positive news for a tour that struggled like so many sports during the pandemic and shows some real momentum around the LPGA because you look at the number of events and you look at the purses and both of those are heading in the right direction for the LPGA. Finally, we'll end around tennis. The Australian Open this January will become the first Grand Slam tennis tournament to require that players be fully vaccinated against the coronavirus to be able to play. So that is a very strong measure by the Australian Open. And we'll end around movies. We talked about it on Friday's Buzzcast, but despite very strong reviews, and I heard from people who saw it and really liked the film, Warner Brothers' release of King Richard did very poorly during its opening weekend. The film, which of course stars Will Smith as the father of Venus and Serena Williams, earned only $5.7 million. It was in more than 3,000 theaters across North America. The conservative estimate was for the film to open closer to $10 million, and it did just over half that. But that may not tell the full story because Warner Brothers did release it concurrently on HBO Max, and I know some of my friends watched it on HBO Max, and that likely cut into ticket sales at the theater. The company doesn't report any HBO Max viewership metrics. But it's a slow start for a movie that costs $50 million to produce. And let's stay with movies because we have a big anniversary. 45 years ago yesterday, a small budget film was released and it certainly influenced members of my generation. Yes, Rocky was released on November 21st, 1976. That movie earned more than $225 million globally at that time. It became the highest grossing film of 1976. It received 10 Academy Award nominations and one Best Picture. 
And what a series. It led to, of course, multiple sequels. It led to the successful Creed spinoff series. Rocky Balboa was created by Sylvester Stallone, who introduced us to Rocky Balboa 45 years ago this week. That is hard to believe. So that is your morning buzzcast for Monday, November 22nd. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody has a great holiday week. I'll speak to you again tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.